Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So I find myself again being the subject of a uh, segment on MSDNC. How does everybody keeps invoking my name? I don't, I don't know. What is it? Is it, you like the name? Is it a, it just flows off your tongue? Bongino. Don't Bongino. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. So I'll get to that later. I got that. I've got a ton of stuff on what happened in a race that really speaks to the larger political climate in Trump. You're not going to want to miss that. And I want to open up the show with a, I know, I know the AOC segments, I get it, but a tweet that was seriously very dangerous that'll get someone killed if you listen to this dunce. And my most important segment today, the Democrats up on Capitol Hill, totally, completely humiliating themselves yet again on the Second Amendment and the firearm issue. Embarrassing, embarrassing. Do your homework you idiots, before you open your mouths. This is all on video. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall credit card bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate mega stores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe, let's go. And here we go. Yes, sir. So we're going to go here too. First, what is the golden rule of the Dan Bongino show, which we've had to state often? It's don't get dead. Don't get dead. If you're doing something right that helps you get dead, don't do it. If you're doing drugs, especially with fentanyl out there, you will probably get dead. So don't do that. And you probably won't get dead. You drink and drive, you will probably kill yourself or someone else that'll help you get dead. Don't get dead. One of the things I strongly encourage for you to not get dead too is if you are in an interaction with police officers, do not hide your hands. Because what's the simplest way to explain this? Do eyeballs shoot? Do toes shoot? No. What about elbows? No. No, they don't. What shoots and manipulates a firearm? Let's just, we're doing these liberals listening. We have to be very, very careful here. AOC was a bartender, so she gotta be, you gotta be very, very careful. But by the way, as I said often, we own the bar. Bartender's very smart. Not this one, okay? Hands shoot. Fingers shoot, okay? So when a cop says, let me see your hands, and he doesn't say, let me see your eyeballs, he's saying, let me see your hands, because hands shoot, not toes, not eyeballs, and not ears. So AOC, of course, who got caught, what appears to be faking being handcuffed, because she's a phony and a fake and a fraud and actress and a loser. She has, a, she has a personal insecurity problem, so she's constantly doing the faux bravado thing to do engage in puffery. That's what AOC does. That's who she is. She's a fake. Sandy Cortez from a upper-class neighborhood who pretends to be like down with the cause. That's who AOC is. She's the biggest actress out there. And suckers on the left, it's hilarious that they fall for this fake routine she keeps putting on. Look at me, I'm being arrested. Well, it turns out the whole thing was a setup. So, of course, she got called out on it by uh, Nancy Mace and others. And she says this. This is her Twitter account. No faking here. Talking about the arrest. Putting your hands behind your back is a best practice while detained, handcuffed or not, to avoid escalating charges like resisting arrest. And she goes on to insult Nancy Mace. Ladies and gentlemen, please don't take this idiot's advice. If a police officer, yes, tells you to put your hands behind your back, yes, you should do that. But do not, please, do not consider this a best practice while detained, putting your hands behind your back. There's a reason they say, let me see your hands. Please, please do not follow this idiot's advice. I am begging you or you will get dead. And we don't want to get dead. We want to stay alive. This is the extent this woman woman will go to 
to make it seem like she's not the fraud she is. And by the way, one quick thing before I move, I don't waste a lot of time on this dunce. Even lefties are starting to turn on her now, realizing this, you want to talk about all hat, no cattle. It's this buffoon. Do not put your hands behind your back unless instructed to do so. Please. Not kissing anybody's ass, law enforcement or others. I did this. They need to see your hands at all times. She gives out this horrendous advice going to get people hurt just to avoid you discovering the truth that she's a fake, a phony, and a fraud. I feel like this is the best practice. Okay, how to get that out of the way. It's my PSA for the day. So uh, listen, yesterday Joe Biden gave a, a speech in front of what appeared to be the remnants of a uh, waste disposal site up in Massachusetts. I, I, and he made a gaffe. Now the gaffe's been all over the news. You know I don't do stuff on this show you're going to see all day on the media because what's the point? What I, what my, my biggest fear, Joe's as well, when, when we started the show, was that we, we had an hour with you a day that you got something that mattered. So if you can hear it on cable news, I want to hear it. So you heard about the cancer gap, but I'm going to play this for a different reason. First, I'm going to play the short version. He's about 10 seconds. Here's Biden yesterday. And I want you to listen closely. He doesn't use the past tense. He tells people yesterday he has cancer, like present tense now, which that's, if that's, God forbid that were true, obviously a personal issue with me, that would be horrifying. But if you're watching on Rumble, please, if you got to go watch this on Rumble, I want you to just don't pay so much attention to the cancer thing first. Pay attention to the background on the check this out. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer and why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. That's why I and so many other people I grew up with have cancer, have present tense. Now, again, thankfully, it appears he doesn't have have, which is what I can play it again. You heard it. You can just rewind it. We don't need to do it. Of course, the fact checkers, the Glenn Kessler dunces of the world. But Biden was referring to what he had. Okay. Then he didn't say I had. He said I have. Fine. I accept the clarification. He was discussing some skin condition he had from being in the sun. Whatever. Good. That's good news. Forget that for a second. I wanted to spend waste a lot of time on that. Did you see the background? Now, I'm on the air live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Folks, it appears he's in front of what what was a demolished factory somewhere in Massachusetts. But behind him, it it looks like an actual garbage dump. And the first thing jumped out to me, because I'm on the radio as this is going down yesterday on my radio show. And I'm watching it. I, I, I kid you not, me and Jim both at the same time. We're watching it during a commercial break. And Jim's piping it into my ear, the sound. And the first thing I say, he can vouch for me here. The first thing I says, who the hell put him in front of a garbage dump? <laughs> now, folks, why is this a problem? Again, this is one of those stories that speaks specifically to my prior line of work. I was an advanced guy, obviously, with the Secret Service. We do security advances. The staff, however, a little inside baseball, picks the location the president will go to. The Secret Service doesn't have anything to do with that. Unless it's something horrible, like a, a, a collapsing nuclear waste plant, the Secret Service has really almost no say where the president goes. The joke would be like, you pick the location, we secure it. You pick it, we make it safe. Okay? Who the hell was the staffer who went, you got to look at this on Rumble, and said, you need to give this speech about the environment in front of a waste dump? Why does that matter? Not because it's funny. So it is kind of hilarious that this is what they decided to do. So again, forget the cancer thing. Folks, this guy's clearly got a staffing crisis right now. That's the only explanation for this. I am telling you for a fact, listen to me, beam in. This is something I can speak to with very specific expertise. There is no way in Hades a staffer with even a modicum of advanced experience. I'm talking even a low-level guy would allow that to happen. Here's what I think is going on. At the end of the Bush administration, second term, so he can't run again, George W. Bush, I'm there. I'm, I'm on the detail. Everybody's leaving. Why? Because he can't run for re-election. They're probably not going to get jobs with the next administration. Obama's in the lead over McCain. Everybody knows McCain's going to lose. There's a mass evacuation. If I explain this wrong, guys, stop me. A mass evacuation. 
towards the end when Bush was traveling, like this last month in the White House, there was no one to do advances. They were pulling people from like, I'm not joking, from like the Bureau of Indian Affairs, HHS, be like, hey, just do a staff thing. These people had no idea what they were doing. I mean, no idea. But even they knew not to put the president in front of a garbage dump. Even at the end, I remember we took a trip. I think it was in Texas. I don't remember, but I was there. And they wanted to have the president give a speech in a restaurant. Behind him was some alcohol. It was a bar restaurant. The staffer, even these young staffers didn't know anything. Shut that right down. President Bush, self-admittedly, used to have a drinking problem. He doesn't want to be pictured with alcohol anywhere near it. He doesn't drink. Even they knew that. You're telling me a president with two years in right now, supposed to be in the peak of his presidential power, first term, he's not a lame duck. They can't find a staffer who can't figure out not to give a speech in front of a garbage dump. There was one person who picked up on this I saw. I'm not suggesting others haven't. I'm saying the one I saw. Jim Garrity at National Review picked up on it. And he's so correct. Who the hell chose this thing? Folks, this doesn't bode well. You may say, Dan, you know, why do I care? He has no staff support around him. Because, folks, he's the president of the United States and we're stuck with this guy for two years. He's obviously cognitively impaired. He's obviously corrupt. The least we could do is not get us into a world war and get some competent people around you. Does this make sense, guys? Like, we need at least someone with half a brain to keep this guy from plunging us into World War III. He's an imbecile. Right. This is not a good thing. This is not a good... Trust me when I tell you this is not a good thing for the sake of the country. Gets even worse. The man lies all the time. He's corrupt. He's cognitively severely appears impaired at this point. I don't know what kind of uh, frontal lobe dementia this guy has or aphasias or whatever he has. But he's a mess and he lies all the time. Of course, the cancer story, you're gonna, I'm going to play a side-by-side hat tip town hall media on this one. He's told this same story about how he got cancer in the past, but it's kind of weird, folks. He swapped out the disease. This guy's got a lot of diseases. Here, check this out. I, we, I, when I went to a small little school, that was about uh, a mile from the apartment complex we lived in and a little school called Holy Rosary. And I, you couldn't walk to school because although it was a four-lane access highway, it was just too dangerous to cross some of the streets. And my mother would get in the, And when it came spring, I mean, it came in the fall. This is the God's truth. And you'd get in the car and there's a little frost on the window. Turn on the windshield wiper, there'd be an oil slick. Not a joke. I have asthma, and 80% of the people who, in fact, we grew up with have asthma. I just, in an apartment complex, we moved to Delaware, and just up the road to a little school I went to, Holy Rosary Grade School. And because it was a four-lane highway that was accessible, my mother drove us, and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. Okay. Same story, two different times, two different diseases or maladies, I should say. Asthma, cancer. How does he know that? Folks, my guess is he doesn't. The man is obviously a liar. How many times? This is some, he's the president of the United States. If you don't have your word, what do you have? If you don't have your word, what do you have? Justin brought up a good point. His verbal tick showing again. Whenever Biden says to you either literally, this is not hyperbole, or this is not a joke, or he cites God, or, or, this, or he tells you this is the truth, that means he's absolutely lying. You guys, we've discussed this before, but he's right. it's a verbal tick he has. When he's about to lie, he has to engage in an affirmation exercise, exercise to make you believe he's not lying. Yeah. So he cites God's honest truth. This is not hyperbole. It's not a joke. This is the truth. Not a joke. He does it all the time. It's his tell. It's his, t- it's his exactly. You ever play poker? You got to, t- yeah. you know, everybody's got to tell a give. That's Biden's. Whenever he says that, pay close attention to it. He is definitely lying. All right, moving on. It's, 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 we're in real trouble, folks. I have never in my life, I've done this for a long time, seen anyone put a man so incompetent in so many bad situations. I can I throw something out there and I just I want to be 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 very careful here. I am totally completely speculating. So I just and you know I hate speculation. We're a facts-based show. 
but I can't think of any other reasonable explanation why he would appear in front of a garbage dump. Even an idiot staffer would have shut that down. <sighs> Should I even say, I don't know. I, there's a small possibility this may be deliberate. That they may be so eager to get this guy to step aside that there may be people in there now like, screw it, man. Let's just throw him out there in a bunch of dopey situations and maybe he walks away. It's a small chance. I get it. But I have no other explanation why they would do something so ridiculous. If I hadn't done this for a living, I wouldn't throw that out there. Small possibility, granted. But I can't find any other reasonable explanation why they would do that. All right, moving on. So the Democrats continue to face plant, humiliate, embarrass themselves, their party, embarrass America, embarrass common sense on the gun issue. They know nothing about guns, firearms, magazines, which they still call clips. They are not clips. They're not clips. We do not call them clips. They are magazines. Clips were actual clips where they would clip rounds in. These are not clips. They're magazines. Democrats don't. They don't know when the assault weapon is. They can never define it. They don't know what automatic fire even means. They think it means pew, 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 pew. That's they don't know anything. Now, the thing about not knowing anything is when you don't know anything, you're better off not advertising. You don't know anything. Would everybody agree? If you don't know Jack Squat, the best way to show you don't know Jack Squat is not by saying Jack or Squat. Not the Dems. I want to play this video. This is a classic from yesterday. This is noted PP hoaxer, Representative uh, David Cicilline. Yeah, the PP tape guy. Yes, a guy who still believes in Russian collusion. Again, uh, he's not as dumb as AOC, but getting close. So here's David Cicilline. And there, there's a hearing up on Capitol Hill about a, the Democrats' new proposal to steal away your rifles. Uh, they call it, of course, an assault weapons ban. It does no such thing. It just takes your rifles away, right? So PP hoaxer Cicilline, he's, he's showing a picture of what is an AR-15 platform-based pistol. Now, for people who are handicapped to use the AR-15 pistol, what they do is they have an arm brace on it. And the arm brace, you can kind of Velcro and attach to your arm so people who are handicapped can manipulate and use the firearm with one arm. It's a genius invention, but it's an arm brace. It's not a stock. It's an arm brace. It's, it's clear as day. Matter of fact, if you don't do this, don't. If you go into an FFL and you're a moron and you say, hey, take this arm brace off and put a stock on there, they'll probably call the cops on you. Okay? It's an arm brace. Cicilline, he's never heard of an arm brace, apparently. Don't laugh. Stop. They haven't played it yet. Cicilline thinks it's a bump stock. <laughs> As he's showing the picture of the arm brace, of course, Tom Massey. Republican, you'll hear him after it. Tom Massey, who knows exactly what he's talking about, has to correct this idiot. Here, check this out. I rise in opposition to the amendment. What this stabilizing brace, which is depicted here, when, a, when attached here, it turns this weapon into an automatic weapon. This bumps, it becomes a bump stock. And so it will allow that to essentially be fired like an automatic weapon. That's the danger. So I have to very strongly oppose the amendment. And I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Who seeks recognition? I, I seek recognition. My peer versus the gentleman from Kentucky seek recognition. To strike the last word. Gentleman is recognized. <laughs> the, the Democrats are so zealous in their rush to ban everything related to guns and every gun that exists that I'm afraid uh, Mr. Cicilline has his, his gun features mixed up. He just described the arm brace, which is used by people who have a handicap to help fire a, a pistol. He just described it as a bump stock. Uh, it's neither a stock nor a bump stock. And um, I think it's important that if you're going to ban these things, that you actually understand what you're banning. That is the picture that he showed. Everybody needs to know is not a bump stock. It's, a, it's an arm brace for firing a pistol uh, from the wrist. <laughs> not only is it not a bump stock, it's not even a stock. Folks, again, to be clear, because we do facts on the show, 
a, a, a stock is a triangular, sometimes shaped piece on the back of a rifle, which you would put the butt of in your shoulder to brace it against your shoulder to fire and look down the sight line. And I'm not trying to be overly verbose about it. I just, I think you should kind of know what you're talking about before you try to ban something. A bump stock is a stock that has some play in it that uses the momentum of the firearm after the gas is expelled and the round gums to help you manipulate the trigger faster. Okay. It's not, it's neither one of those things. If you're, is it, is this guys, is this too much to ask? If you're going to ban something, can you at least describe what it is? Is this hard? Can you at least tell us what it is first? This hearing got worse yesterday. They never know what they're talking about. Is this really hard? If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Okay, the hearing, of course, got worse from there. It is, uh, it's, it's really becoming commonplace, and it's, it gives me no joy in telling you this, that the Democrats on the firearm issue just don't even know what they're talking about. Their data's wrong. They, don't, they can't get the nomenclature down. They don't even understand the functioning pieces of a firearm, and yet they want to take them away from you. Here's Jerry Nadler yesterday again, who doesn't know Jack Squat, and again, Jack left town, talking about how in the United States we should emulate the Australia gun confiscation model where they engaged in a countrywide gun confiscation called a buyback, which is really a confiscation. But he says, you know, we should do more of what Australia did. I mean, that worked really well. Here, check this out. If we did what they did in Australia, we would not need the law enforcement capability here. In Australia, after a horrific mass shooting, they required under penalty of criminal law that everyone turn in their assault weapons. They paid them for it, but it was a crime not to turn in the assault weapons, and they collected essentially all the assault weapons in the country. So Jerry Nadler, of course, doesn't know what he's talking about. Jerry Nadler is operating on the premise that Australia confiscated all the guns, and that led to a decrease in what they call mass shootings. Well, if Jerry Nadler had done research, or David Cicilline had done some basic research, but they're too stupid to do that, they would have seen this article at the Australia Institute or the legions of other articles saying this, Australia, more guns now than before Port Arthur. Did he miss this? So, I mean, it's really not complicated. You're making an assertion that's factually inaccurate. Less guns in Australia equal less mass shootings. The problem is there aren't less guns. There are more guns in Australia now. I... I, I now, I gave an interview on this, which is a, I know I'm not supposed to call my own uh, self-praise things, but this was a classic. 60 Minutes has an Australia edition. So they came to my old house in Palm City. They wanted to do an interview with me because I'm a Second Amendment advocate after uh, the tragedy in Parkland. They wanted to talk to me about guns. So I reluctantly agreed to it. Oh, boy. And it was a classic. And let me tell you something. The guy who came over was a nice enough guy, the interviewer. But again, Jerry Nadler doesn't know there's more guns now. If Jerry Nadler was a smart guy, he'd say, there are more guns in Australia now and less mass shootings, which means more guns equal less mass shootings. That statement, that statement, although not causal, but correlational, if he made the correlate, would be accurate. But he doesn't know that, Nadler, or he's lying. Either did the 60 Minutes Australia guy who was off, off camera. He was stunned after this interaction I had with him where he was shocked when I told him the same thing. He cites Australia as a model. I was like, hey, bro, there's more guns there now than there were before. He didn't know that either. Check this out. The Marjorie Stoneman School is um, just down the road from here. Yeah. What do you say to the students there that say that gun control is necessary? Well, gun control is is a myth. I mean, there's we've never controlled guns. I I, I don't it, even is now the time. 
for, for, well, how? I mean, what evidence does anybody have that gun controls worked anywhere? Australia? <laughs> you have no evidence that gun controls worked in Australia. So there I, has not been a single mass shooting since the gun buyback. Okay, so, and I encourage everyone to do all your own homework. There are more guns now in Australia than before the gun confiscation. It doesn't work. The, you miss, I really wish I had a camera rolling in my house, like a Nest camera or something. You should have seen what happened after that. The guy thought I was kidding. I don't even remember his name. He thought I was joking. So I'm, I'm not messing with you. So I pulled it up on my phone after the interview, sitting on the island in the kitchen, you know, a little island thingy there. And I showed it to him and he couldn't believe it. His whole, I, I, he couldn't cut the interview. He had the, the interview. He had to put it in there. But this is 60 Minutes, Australia. You know what reminds me of Leslie Stahl, Joe, with Donald Trump? Remember Leslie oh, Stoll with Trump yeah, when Trump had called yes. out the laptop? And she was like, sir, yeah. sir, this is 60 minutes, sir. That's what this reminds you of. This guy, this guy was a nice enough guy. I'm not going to bash him personally. He's like, hey, I'm just doing my job, bro. Kind of like that. But to do your job means to do some homework. You got to come into an interview as a news outlet, 60 minutes, and make an assertion about Australia as a model of success and you don't know. But Australia has more guns now. Now, let me give you the liberal counter-argument right away. It's not even a counter-argument. They don't even know this. But some are smarter than this guy. And Jerry Nadler, you know, Nadler's just an idiot. This guy was just being a curmudgeon. They'll tell you, well, less people own guns, but there are more guns because the people who own guns bought more. Which, ladies and gentlemen, is hilarious because it makes our point even stronger. So the people who are really into guns own a lot more. And the people who just don't care gave them back. And that you think that makes your point. <laughs> Only if you're an idiot. All right, something else happened yesterday, too. Um, something else. I, well, I take that back. I don't know when this video was exactly recorded, but it made its way around social media. We're going to need an answer for this. This is serious stuff, and it's an example of why I tell you all the time. You are not wasting your time on this show. What have I warned you about over and over and over about universal background checks? What the Democrats call background checks. If you listen to this show, you've been beaten over the head with this so much, you're spitting it out right now. The Democrats don't care about background checks. They want the background check system expanded because they want to create a list so they know who to harass for the guns. I have warned you about this over and over. You're not wasting your time here. Here's what I mean. A guy's ring doorbell system catches this interaction on video. It's an ATF agent, according to the, some of the reports out there. Knocks on his door and strangely doesn't accuse him of a crime. Starts asking him about a couple firearms he just bought. How did they know that? Oh, the background check system? I've been... Telling you about? Watch this video. Sir? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's all, all, I'm, all I'm doing is verifying that, look, verifying that you have it. You got two different purchases. Okay. If you have them, I'm out of here. That's how quick it is. Yeah. You have them with you by any chance? Are they, if, you, if you can unload them and bring them out, or you can go out to your foyer here, check them out, by number, serial number, and we're out of here. Yep. That's it. It'll take five seconds. The reason we're out here is we're obviously gun and violence is been an uptick, so we want to make sure we've been having a lot of issues with straw purchases. So one of the one of the things we indicators that we get is somebody makes it a large gun purchase, and then a lot of times we've been there like, oh those guns got taken. We're like, so the idea is when you purchase more than two guns at a time, it generates a, a multiple sale report, and it comes to us and we have to check them out. Okay. That's, that's all that is. He did nothing wrong. Did absolutely zero. Uh, I noticed that you were stopped in Philly, though, right? With one of your guns. I, I did. I, I. Joe, you've been with me the longest of anyone. Yeah. Have we not been saying this since the basement in Saverta Park absolutely. when we first started doing this? Yeah. That's uh, why, folks. Gosh, I'm going to vomit right now. The left doesn't care about background checks. Yeah, they do, Dan. They fight for all the time. They don't. That's not the point. It's a proxy fight. The background check is a proxy for a list. Criminals don't go through background checks. What are you, an idiot on the left? Are you idiots? 
You think a criminal who goes to buy a firearm to commit a murder is going through a background check? He buys it on the street, you dunce. So why would you want a background check knowing it's not going to stop any criminal? Because you want a list. Notice what the alleged ATF agent says. Hey, there's been a gun violence uptick in the area. We're just checking in. Uh, listen, all due respect, you got a warrant? Thank you. Have a nice day. No, I'm serious. Have a good day now. Respectfully, have a nice day. Thanks for doing your job or whatever, but uh, I, don't, I don't do that. By the way, I don't know why they're taking part in this kind of stuff either. It's obvious what's going on. You, you take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States that gives that citizen, you're knocking on the door, the right to bear arms. The only reason I'm restrained here is I don't know all the full details why they were there. I don't. That's why I don't get ahead of my skis. But if that guy did nothing wrong and this is just some checkup, I didn't see that in the Constitution, the checkup on the right to bear arms section. I missed that. Did you see that, Joe? I didn't, no, it's not I didn't in see that. No, it's not, it's not, you've looked. Yeah, you've looked. I right? did. You've looked for P. Okay, you have. Is that a footnote? Okay, thank you. Mm -mm. Yeah, just check it. Now, the great Kerry Pickett at the Washington Times has an amazing piece, which is in my newsletter today, bongino.com slash newsletter. If you'd like to subscribe, it's free. You need to read it. She explains exactly what I've been telling you about why the Democrats want a de facto registry. So here's this piece. It is a gloriously good piece by Kerry Pickett who finally someone is writing about what we've been talking about forever. Maybe it's because I was a federal agent and I know the tricks they try to imbue into people to get them to do stuff. And I've seen it. It's one of the you know, reasons I, I can speak so, uh, I don't want to get my, forget it. It's self-praise things. Let's move on. Washington Times, GOP lawmaker calls on ATF to explain video of agents asking firearm owners for gun serial numbers. Thank you. The rep, hat tip. Round of applause for him is Matt Rosendale from Montana. Good job, Matt. Yes, deserves a round of applause. He better start asking questions here. So this guy, Aiden Johnson, who's the director of federal affairs for Gun Owners of America, said that the incident shows how, listen to his words very closely, the federal background check system has been abused and turned into a de facto registry. You know, it's, I would say it's entirely inappropriate for the government to be checking in on what a law-abiding citizen's own. Do you know what lawfully purchased firearms he has purchased? The background check system has been turned into a de facto registry, allowing the federal government to check up on who owns what firearms because of ATF unlawful actions. Yes, 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 yes. Those records should be expunged immediately. You pass the background check. There is no reason anybody should have to keep that. None. It is being used as a list. Now do you understand why they want universal background checks? I've explained it a thousand times. I'm going to explain it again before I get to the second screenshot. If you have a firearm now and you give it away to a legally able person to own a firearm, like your son or your daughter, you're getting old, you don't want it in the house anymore. When the ATF knocks on your door like they knocked on this guy's door, and they ask for a gun. You don't even have to answer the question. But if, you, if, you, if they forced you to or whatever, you'd say, hey, I gave the gun away. They want universal background checks because what's the follow-up question once they get it? Uh, really? We don't have a record of that in the background check. You're under arrest. That's why. That's why. They want the list. They want to know where every gun is all the time. Gosh, I can't believe we got to keep talking about this. I wish more people would wake up to this in the, in the moderate side of the GOP. You guys all get it, ladies. Here, the second part of the Kerry Pickett piece. They released a report, this pro-Second Amendment group, in January, arguing that despite being prohibited by law, they're not allowed to keep a list, the ATF. That the ATF is maintaining a registry of guns, gun owners, and firearm transactions. The ATF responded, uh, oh, excuse me, the ATF, the organization said in its report, maintains nearly a billion such records. The Biden administration is encouraging dealers to supply even more. The ATF's denying to put out their statement, maintaining a list. They, you saw the thing on video. Folks, this is the reason universal background checks, they want them. Stop this today. Criminals don't care about any of this stuff. All right, let me play. This is great. Uh, Representative Victoria Sparts, I think I've had her on my Fox show. She's terrific. She's from Ukraine. 
uh, a Republican. She's up there on Capitol Hill, and she's like, listen, you know, I'm from Ukraine. One of the reasons Ukraine is having problems right now is because everybody wasn't initially armed. Like, this is a, there's a history in the United States of the citizenry being armed for, you know, to protect against this kind of stuff that's happening right now. She says it a lot better than I, ha- I can. Here, check this out. This is worth your time. But I want to speak on behalf of the state of Indiana. It is a common use weapon to protect. And as a mother of two daughters, as a woman... I truly believe that is infringement of my rights. And I want to make sure that my children, my grandchildren, and grandchildren and children of my constituents have the same rights to protect them. And I think we need to remind us what really happened in countries like Ukraine right now, that there are a lot of people probably would love to have something, you know, to protect themselves. And we know why we won our war, you know, against kings and queens and became a republic because our American people had these rights. If you don't have the rights and you have a police state or you can have bandits running the show. And I think that is very dangerous. This is, gives me a freedom as a woman. Nice job. You're darn right. Good job, Representative Sparks. All right, uh, moving on. I got a lot more to get to, including me, my name coming up again. These liberals, they're just like obsessed with me. It's like the most, it's the boiling bunny stuff. I'm waiting for like Glenn Close to appear, you know? (laughs) Some some of you get the joke. It's it's (laughs) really, Joe, Joe, me and Joe, a little already. He's like, oh, what? What are you guys talking about? It's just weird. They're just like oddly obsessed with me. I don't care about these people. They're like obsessed with me. It's weird. I'll get to that in a second. I want to get to this story first though. This is such perfect timing, folks. So convenient. New York Times covered this the other day. Uh, Companies are more vocal than ever on social issues. However, not on abortion. So the New York Times covered this story that some upward of whatever, 90% of companies have not really said anything about the overturning of Roe. Why? Because Ron DeSantis taught them a lesson in Florida. You want to F around and find out? Disney found out. And it ain't looking good for them. One of my... uh, People I work with has had some stock in Disney. He was like, hey, I kind of lost a lot of money on that. All of a sudden, after they find out the left that a bunch of corporations aren't engaging in activism over Roe, look at this. It's like magic. A story emerges at Axios. Why every CEO needs to be a communicator. Speaking out, Joe pays off. 80% of investors said the crises and chaos of 2020 will put out the best in CEOs. They need to address specific societal issues. And it won them greater favor rather than less. Folks, <laughs> you do this gig long enough, you see right through this, you get the point. You, don't, you think this is by accident? Lefties need corporations and to hijack their money to advocate for social causes which are unpopular. Abortion on demand anytime. They need their money. They hijack them by threats. We'll cancel you otherwise. The corporations now, like Disney, are figuring out when they cave, they lose more money than if they just shut their pie holes. The left, sensing there's a problem, magically makes this study appear in the media. Wow, look at this. You better address societal issues. Really? Do this game long enough, this stuff pops instantaneously. You start to sense the narrative in in, in seconds. All right, uh, I'm going to leave that there. All right, let me get to this first, and I want to get to to, uh, Harry Logan up in Maryland because it's a bigger story about the Republican party and the problem we're having now. Yeah, let's get, let's do this one first. And I want to play this video after breaking Lawrence O'Donnell. Is that his name O'Donnell? Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC having a total meltdown about me and the secret service last night. It's hilarious. Okay. So this happened apparently last night on Lawrence O'Donnell show on MSNBC, which I have to add in. It must be lightly viewed because I didn't get a single email about this or Facebook message. I saw it in one tweet on on Twitter doing some homework this morning uh, for the show on the Secret Service case. Apparently, he was on a show last night melting down um, about the Secret Service and these missing text messages. Folks, I have no idea why they're missing. They shouldn't be missing, period. I don't know why they're missing. I have no idea. Clearly, it was uh, uh, some kind of uh, mix-up. Was it intentional? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I'm not in anybody's wheelhouse here. I have no idea. No one's told me anything about it. However, this is kind of funny how he attacks a guy I know well, Jim Murray, the Secret Service director who's retiring, and he brings, drags me into it. Check this out. Here's someone who James Murray used to work with. 
This is one thing and one thing only. This is an attempt to silence conservatives like you and I from communicating before the 2022 election. That's all this is. And it's a message being sent to anyone who supports Donald Trump, either now or in the future, that it's open season on you. It's hunting season for your private communications. So Don't you dare talk about your intentions a, or a coordinate can. or do anything to get a Republican elected again, because Liz Cheney will make sure that they subpoena you and make your life really miserable miserable. That's all this was. That guy was a Secret Service agent. Dan Bongino was a New York City police officer who then joined the Secret Service where he worked for 11 years while James Murray and Tony Arnato were also working on the Secret Service. Were they friends with Dan Bongino? Are they friendly with him now? Is Dan Bongino the public voice of what members of the Secret Service like James Murray actually think. There is a very serious problem at the Secret Service now. <laughs> what the hell was that about? I, I, dude, I have no idea. I have no idea. You guys, I don't even know if you guys, if you guys caught all the stupid in there. This is apparently from last night, I guess. I don't, I don't I guess I don't watch the show. Do you guys remember yesterday's show? Do you remember we talked about this? Do you remember me saying that I worked with both Jim Murray and Tony Ornato. And he's like, do they know? Do they know each other? Like, watch the show, you dipwad. I just said it yesterday, along with hundreds of other times. You're, this guy's really some Inspector Clouseau here. What a moron. Just watch the show, you idiot. Does he know him? Did he work? I said that. The Secret Service is 3,000 agents. I, I trained a good portion of them. I know a lot of them. I've been out of the Secret Service for 10 plus years. It's not a secret I know these guys. It's like, do they know each other? Is Dan Bongino the, is he the vocal speaking, uh, vocal point of the Secret <laughs> Service communication? What an idiot. This guy is a moron. All he had to do was watch the show. This is, these are the, consp you want to talk about legitimate conspiracy theorists. This guy's one of them. He just ties me into this random story about text. I don't even know what you're talking about. More people what will see goof. him on this show than season one his own I, show. That's it. We just, it's Streisand <laughs> effect. Exactly. We just, he just said he's got like some ridiculously low <laughs> ratings number, but the demo overall, it's not surprising. All right, let me move on. This is a more important story. Uh, it involves me, and I don't like, this is, this is why I put these stories back to back, because I really don't like me being part of the show. The show is about issues, but when it's a story about me that fits into the issues, it's important. The Secret Service story is a big story. Uh, these missing text messages, Murray or Nato, they're all over the news. But this story is critical, too. So um, Larry Hogan is the current governor, Republican governor of the blue state of Maryland. He's in his second term. He's termed out. He can't run again. His chosen successor uh, in the primary was a woman by the name of Kelly Scholz. Well, again, I like was uh, she was we were always friendly there. She lost on Tuesday. She got crushed in the primary versus uh, a very conservative Republican. I like a lot. A guy by the name of Dan Cox. The voters have spoken. She lost by 16 points. So Larry Hogan, who is a loser and has always been a loser and an egomaniac, has decided it's a good idea to now not support the Republican nominee, although he claims to be a conservative. Now, why is this story, what does it have to do with me, and why does it speak to bigger issues? Folks, this is the problem in the Republican Party and why I'm so disgusted with politicians. I can tell you with a straight face, candidly and honestly, the best thing that ever happened to me in my life was running for office and losing. Oh, makes you a loser. Fine. You knock yourselves out especially the people who've never run. I'm proud to have put my name on a ballot. I'm not proud to have lost, but I'm glad I did, if that makes sense. I got a very, very nice email. I should have put it up on the screen. A uh, very nice email from a guy. Maybe it was a Facebook message, but if, you, if it was you, can you go to my website, find the email and send it on email? Because I'd like to show it to the audience. He said, Dan, I went back and looked at your campaign appearances when you were running for office in Maryland, a blue state. And he said, you're right. You haven't changed. That's why I lost. Maryland's a blue state. I wasn't going to become a phony. I ran on conservatism. I lost my race by one point. Could have lost by one, could have lost by 10. Doesn't matter. Horseshoes and hand grenades, right? There's no second. Point is, I never sold out. 
But my time running for office, I learned a lot. And one of the reasons I do this show and I hit both sides, not equally as hard because the Democrats are a far bigger problem, but I hit the swamp on the right is because I was so disappointed, folks. The people I met in politics, so few of them were genuine. They were phonies and hacks and zeros and losers and dunces and ignoramuses. I'm not kidding. Not all of them. There were a few good people there. But I'm talking about on both sides. I couldn't believe how stupid they were. The editorial boards, the politicians they supported. The best thing that happened was me losing. And one of the most disappointing people, I kid you not, I have ever met in politics is Larry Hogan, the Republican governor of Maryland. A weak, pathetic, insecure, abomination of a human being who is about one thing and one thing only, himself. Let me tell you a little backstory about this guy. He was friends with Bob Ehrlich, who was a Republican governor of Maryland. Joe knows very well. Yep. Bob Ehrlich was, uh, was, uh, was, was a Republican governor. He was you know, relatively popular. He lost re-election to Martin O'Malley. It was a tough race for him, whatever it may be. Larry Hogan knew Bob Ehrlich and was always jealous of him, always. Larry Hogan would do anything to keep his name in the media because Larry Hogan loves mirrors. So Larry Hogan's candidate lost, and CBS Baltimore is now reporting that in feud with Trump, Larry Hogan won't back Republican nominee Dan Cox's gubernatorial bid in the general election. This is exactly who Larry Hogan is, and this is exactly who the rhinos in Washington, D.C. are. Larry Hogan's guy, a woman lost, Kelly Scholes. So Larry Hogan, because he's about Larry Hogan, says, double-barreled middle finger to the Republican Party. I'm not supporting the Republican nominee. Now, when Larry Hogan won the nomination, I was careful to support him over the Democrat because the Democrats are always far worse. But this is how fake and a phony this guy is. And I'm telling you, he is indicative of every single swamp rat you think you can't stand in Washington, D.C., and you can't stand them for a reason because you're right. Here's a little picture because I always do data. This is at the Autumn Glory Parade out in Western Maryland where the leaves and the colors come out. A very, very popular parade. Uh, out in the Western Maryland mountains out there. You'll see me if you you watch this on Rumble. And there, circled, is Larry Hogan. Now, you'll notice something in that picture that uh, everybody's got Dan Bongino shirts on besides one guy to my right. If you notice, he's got a Bongino bumper sticker on his Hogan shirt because underneath that, he had a Dan Bongino shirt. Why? Because he was my volunteer. I'll leave his name out of it. Larry Hogan showed up to that parade and nobody wanted to volunteer for Larry Hogan. This is a true story. So Larry Hogan was embarrassed and horrified that we were walking with this solid, that isn't even everyone, with this crew of volunteers and Larry Hogan had nobody but Larry Hogan. So Larry's team came over and begged me to have my guy put a shirt on and march with his team. Who he, he's left, this is a true story. That's my guy right there. You go find him. He'll tell you. And we said, okay, just so Larry's not alone, put on a light. And he's like, okay, but if I do it, I'm going to put your bumper sticker on too. <laughs> this is Larry Hogan. Said this, Joe, you know, you, this happened. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I know. He, here's who Larry Hogan is again. So I sent out a blast email from my campaign account when I was running for office in Maryland. Larry Hogan was running for governor. This idiot Hogan, who was on my email list, replies to me an email that he thought he was sending to his communication director. Uh, the email I sent out read, Maryland is worth fighting for. Mer pretty generic, right, Joe? Maryland's worth yeah, fighting for? Yeah. That was the headline on the email. This idiot, Hogan, read the date, April 10th, 2013, 6-12, replies to me instead of his communications director. He says, not talking about me. Not only did Dan steal the Maryland is worth fighting for, but she spelled right. There's all kinds of spelling errors in this because he's a moron. Yeah, he, he, this, this guy's an idiot. Not only did Dan steal the Maryland's worth fighting for from my stump speech and our basic message, he stole this already taxing wind and rain from my C4 clip. C4 is a radio host. At some point, the plagiarizing is going to get him. Like the op-ed he wrote. He spells out <laughs> copying our stuff. He just reads everything I say and tries to reuse it. He admits it too. This, I got this. This came back to me. <laughs> this was, Joe, I laughed my cojones up. I've, I never listened to one thing this idiot was doing because he was never on the air. He was rarely on the air. Nobody cared about this guy. He wasn't, he barely got out of his primary versus David Craig. 
This is the egomaniac, this idiot is. So I respond back to him, Harry Logan. Here's my email back to him. Notice the date right afterwards. Larry, I never heard your C4 clip, but if you forward it on, I'll be sure to give you credit. As for Maryland is worth fighting for, that's been on my Facebook page for over five months, but you're welcome to it. I, I, I thought this was about the issues. I was unaware that you were the only voice in Maryland permitted to comment on bad legislation. Plagiarism is a serious charge, Larry. I hope this was a joke. Respectfully, Dan. <laughs> That's Larry Hogan, folks. That's who Larry... I got, by the way, I got tons of those emails. When his guy up in Baltimore, Chris, you know who Chris is, begged my people for volunteers because nobody would volunteer for his campaign. What about the time you called me, Larry, and begged me to get out of the governor's race because you knew you'd lose? Remember that? I remember that well on my back porch in Severna Park. What about the time in the 6th District race I lost by one point without any of your help, by the way, because you're a moron and nobody cared who you were back then. You were more worried about yourself. What about when you endorsed Ami Hober in the 6th District race? Here it is, Bethesda Magazine, after me. This is after I ran. In the same district, by the way. Hogan endorses Ami Hober in 6th District race. How did Ami Hober do? Yeah, not too good. Yeah, lost by a solid 16 there. There you go. Yeah, not too good. Yeah, not too good. Harry Hogan's a fake. He's a phony. He's a fraud. But speaking to the larger picture, Larry Hogan is sadly a good swath of the swampy Republican Party right now. A guy all about himself. Loves Amira. Larry Hogan wants to run for president against Donald Trump. And I'm going to leave this, uh, this show on this note. I'm making a guarantee to you right now. Joe flagged it yesterday. You know what, Joe? Flag it two days in a row. We've never done this before. Right. Thursday, July 21st, 9.53. Double flag. Flag of the same thing. Thank you, sir. Larry Hogan, mark my words, if he runs for president, if he even makes it that far, will lose the Maryland primary to Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, and not, it won't even be close. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. That's how much of a loser this guy is. Democrats elected Larry Hogan, not legitimate Republicans. Okay? Guys are fake. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Don't miss my show on uh, Saturday night, Unfiltered, 9 p.m. Question, I really appreciate it. Questions also for tomorrow. I'll put a post up on Locals and True Social. Questions for tomorrow's podcast. Submit them. We'll get to as many as we can. And please subscribe to the show. We were number four this week on Spotify. Thanks to your subscriptions, Apple, Spotify. And we added 10,000 new people to Rumble too. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Thanks for tuning in. See you later. You just heard Dan Bongino.